what's up, everybody? This is your boy, John, as always, and with me is my boy, Matt, here. You're still my arch nemesis, John. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Time out. Playing the red flag here. Um, Why are you saying that we're, like, enemies again? I mean, I understand we're doing this Far Cry episode, but why are we still going at this again? Why not? No. Like, I thought we were bros, but now you want to be my arch nemesis? Like, that's pretty screwed up, man. Well, we got to be on different factions. We're, we're we're talking about Far Cry. I mean, but the 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 point of the the story here is like you know when we when we go over the episode. I mean, you know, there's points where you can play co-op, bro. I mean, you and I were playing that that stuff together, and you know, I was like enjoying the fact. But then, of course, as always, Matt doesn't ever like to go in just you know quiet and stealthy. Like, no, he wants to go in loud. And cause a chaos mess, and it like creates See, more that, of an issue. And, that, and that's a thing, you know. We're two different factions. You like to go in stealthily because it actually. I want to go sense. in loud and and make some noise. Yeah, and the problem is, is you realize that it takes longer to do that than it would be to just go in stealth and just make it easier. But it's more fun. Fine, whatever. But anyways, guys. So this is part two of our Far Cry uh, series. So really, we're going to be talking about the likes and dislikes, you know, kind of go over what we appreciated from a lot of the games. I will mention that we're probably not going to talk so much about the first and second game because unfortunately, it was really hard like to, to come up with some of the things that I remember from even playing it as a kid. Um, but I'm gonna, we're going to mostly focus on the three, you know, Far Cry 3 through 6. Because those games were, um, you know, relatively newer, and they they really did, you know, have a lot of like changes and impacts that really created the series as a whole, and it actually makes more sense to probably talk about those more because it really, I would say, not saying that the first two games didn't really have a huge, you know, impact on the series, but it really, you know, th- these games like moving forward were really, you know, the defining you know, pieces of how the, the Far Cry series has become a a well-known, you know, video game series throughout, um, you know, throughout the years and whatnot, and especially some of the newer ones that, you know, Matt and I will be talking about because there's some cool features, there's some cool, you know, things that you can do in the games, and there's definitely some things that, you know, unfortunately Ubisoft needs to work on because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not saying that every video game company is the greatest on the planet, but there are some things that Ubisoft um, were, it really frustrated the hell out of Matt and I. And again, we'll talk about that in a minute. But Matt, let's do some news. Welcome, everybody. This is Multiverse Studios Live, and as always, you have your boy John and Matt as well. So let's get into the news today. What's going on, everybody? So some news coming out of the Star Wars world here. Uh, Dave Filoni, of course, is making his own Star Wars movie coming up. Well, before you get into that, Matt, so because I actually don't know who this guy is, but who is, like, what is he known for? What is Dave Filoni known for? Well, I mean, he is a, basically a producer, I guess. I mean, he's responsible for, you know, doing a lot of the Mandalorian series, um, but he's also done, you know, Clone Wars. Uh, he's worked on 
numerous, you know, like Star Wars projects. Okay, so the franchise, so like as a franchise, like if you know a lot of the Star Wars, like you know, series or films or even like some of the the shows that they've worked on, like this guy has been a big part of the success behind it, right? Yeah, huge, huge part of Star Wars, and I mean anybody who knows Star Wars, like Dave Filoni, is like one of the top names. Okay, because I, I just feel like, you know, not many people, unless you are a Star Wars fanatic, I feel like you wouldn't know who this particular person was unless you yeah. understood, yeah. you know, the Star Wars. Yeah, he, and he's he's one of those guys that, like, pushes that boundary, especially for Mandalorian, when you watch that show, bringing a lot of, like, nostalgia and, you know, Star Wars history into the show, where, you know you wouldn't necessarily think of all the different little Easter eggs that you see in that show. Dave Filoni is not the only one responsible, but he's primarily responsible for a lot of it and how it looks and how it feels. Because I'm trying to remember his name. Who was uh, the director of uh, The Mandalorian? Because he was also the director of like the Iron Man. Like, well, there's different ones. It was like John, what's his name? Um, I'm trying to remember his name. I'm pretty sure it starts with John. but. But anyways, like, you know, he he does a really good job with being an actor and a and a director as well. I'm just I cannot remember his last name to, off the top of my head. But I will agree with you that Mandalorian, um, it's actually the if I'm not mistaken, it was also the first live action show that Disney created, you know, because you know, with them like you were talking about with the Easter eggs and just like going over the um the simple like lore behind it and kind of going right after you know, four, five, and six in the, you know, the Star Wars, I guess, trilogy, um, you know, it, it really does give people hope for, like, a lot of the newer projects that they're going to be coming out with, like, some of the newer TV shows, like Ahsoka, that, you know, is going to be hopefully a huge, you know, kind of push to, you know, introduce, like, new characters and new, like, kind of story plots and things like that, but I think Mando definitely was a great TV show overall. I mean, it's still going on. And if you haven't already seen it, you're, you're really missing out. And I I highly recommend you go see it because Rogu, come on, baby Yoda. Like that's, he's, he's adorable. I'm just going to say it. So the news coming out of star Wars is that his, um, movie that he's making, which is supposed to be kind of the ending of the new Republic, you know, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Boba Fett kind of world um, is going to be tight. And this is just a rumor, but it's rumored to be titled heir to the empire. And see that if you don't know a lot about star Wars, um, I'm not saying I'm a huge fanatic. I do know. I would say the gist, right. But I, I mean, if you've seen four five and six, I mean, it, it really does make sense because really as if, if you've seen it, you know, technically Palpatine, right. He's the, the emperor, right, of, of the empire. He's the one in charge, you know, and Darth Vader really being the the lackey or the, you know, the second in command, I guess you want to call him. Um, again, they're both, they're not around anymore, as we know. Um, and there's nobody to lead the empire in that sense. So I think that title alone really is a huge impact onto, you know, the the story itself and actually bringing the, the narrative to hopefully like, you know, seven, eight, nine, a little bit, you know, it can actually make it more um, interesting and, and even kind of developing new concepts to, you know, really drive that, that, 
the newer trilogy as well. Yeah, and if you know, you know, Heir to the Empire, historically, you know, Timothy Zahn wrote a trilogy series of books, and the very first one actually was Heir to the Empire. And these were, you know, like I said, if you read them, these would have actually been seven, eight, and nine. Right, and not and not the ones that you've seen. Not the ones that are actual movies, but these books took place right exactly after six. And, you know, the next book in the series took place right after Heir to the Empire. And like I said, it's a, it's a trilogy of, of books. And the main villain of those books is Thrawn, which he's going to be the villain in Ahsoka. Which, and that's why I said, I think that with the, 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 the concept of the movie, as well as even the, the narrative and the storyline, I think it really does, you know, make sense. And I really hope they do it justice because even though that the books are not canon, you know, technically because of Disney and Lucasfilms, you know, saying that, you know, anything book related to that was originally through Lucas, you know, films and whatnot, right. um, or works, um, you know, that was part of the, the, the actual story behind it. But unfortunately, well, and some of the narratives I think from the book, you know, don't really cross over 100% with what has occurred. So I think there, there needs to be some, some changes obviously made, but you know, I think naming the movie, if it is in fact named this, we, you know, who knows? Right, we don't know, but you know, it does bring up like, you know, yes, we know Thrawn is already going to be the villain in Ahsoka. So if this movie is ending, you know, Mandalorian Ahsoka and the New Republic, which the New Republic is sort of the new empire, you know, if you kind of look at it that way, they're not really, you know, a rebellion against the, you know, anyways. Yeah, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, but oh, wait, I'm sorry, you don't want to go like the Matrix rabbit hole, like that theory? Again? No, no, okay. But you know, you have you have Thrawn that we know is already going to be introduced. We've already seen who it is. We know, you know, we've already seen him in one of the animated, you know, shows. But the good thing about the books is it also introduced a character called Mara Jade, who, if you don't know who Mara Jade is, is kind of a serious like female Jedi. Well, and I actually had no idea because Matt and I, just before the episode, we just talked about it. I had zero idea of who this person was, which I will say this, because I'm going to steal Matt's thunder here for a second, is he's actually, or sorry, she is actually the wife of Luke Skywalker, which is why this in is... In the a, books, yes. Okay, yeah, sorry, in the books. But it's a serious moment because, you know, when you look at this character, you know, if... Because if I'm not mistaken, this is why Matt and I talked about this, but, you know, Luke and her had a son together, which in, you know, can like, if we're looking at the movies, like, that doesn't actually happen. Like, they're, like, Luke is by himself. He's alone. You know, he's, like, in solitude, kind of like Kenobi. Like, it's the same thing. It, it's the same concept. But, you know, and, and even with Han Solo and Leia, Kylo Ren is not technically their son as I found out, which I guess that would make sense if it's, you know, based on the books. Um, and it's a totally different, you know, son that they have. So granted, some of those key aspects wouldn't make any sense now in this particular movie that, you know, Matt's talking about. But I think if you maybe introduced her and you introduced, you know, certain concepts from the book that would actually, you know, kind of 
correlate with the sort you know the storyline itself i think it would make sense on you know the the progression and how they be, you know they did you know 7 8 and 9 a little bit but it depends on how they do that though you know what is interesting though um and i'll kind of end it here cuz i mean it is what it is we we don't know what the name of the movie is but mara jade and, and luke skywalker yes they do have a son and the name of the son is actually ben which i oh, find no is kind of interesting so what? Oh, so they named it after Kenobi. Yes. Okay. So the name of their son is Ben. You know, and oh, actually, wait, wait, no. Lou, you know, Leia and Han also have a child, but it's not Kylo in the books. It's it's a completely different child. Actually, no. I I I'm gonna retract my statement. It's not Kenobi. It's based off of um his uncle Ben, isn't it? Well, I would assume Uncle Ben and Obi Wan are the same person. I, I thought it, no, I thought he had an Uncle Ben. Yeah, Uncle Ben is well, it's not really it's Uncle Owen. Oh, Owen. Sorry. Whatever. Okay, maybe maybe you know what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was wrong. I I thought I was right, but or whatever. So, yes, and then, you know, um I think Leia and Han actually have a daughter. Oh. But so it's kind of like that whole, you know, Luke and Leia thing. So it's just the op well, really the I guess sort of the opposite in in some ways with like Darth Vader in that sense. But I, I get what you're saying. So yeah, they have a daughter and then Mara Jade and Luke have a son named Ben. And they're, you know, as they get older, they're the ones that are more trained as Jedi, if you will, to kind of fight the Empire. That's that's how the books go. So it's it's interesting, though, because if you, you know, if that was really, the, if this was actually the case, you know, I can't even imagine how the, the the movies would have been drastically different, especially because, you know, Ray, being the, you know, protagonist in the 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 film like the trilogy series wise, and you know the different characters and whatnot. But I mean, it, it, I can only imagine having like let's say Ben and like the the daughter, so like her cousin or his cousin, you know, being the the next generation of Jedi. And like them fighting, you know, all the the empire and the, yeah, and like it the definitely would have been interesting. And that, you know, I, I obviously believe, you know, do they have to make changes? Yes, because you know, if Mara Jade is in fact the same relationship with Luke, they can't have a son named Ben because Han and Leia had a son named Ben, right? Which Kylo Ren, but yes, right. So take it for what you will. Do some research. Look or, it up yourselves. A little interesting twist. They could have the daughter instead. They very well could. Who knows? You know, but, you know, right. And, again, do your own research. Find out for yourselves. But, anyways, Matt, why don't we go over the the likes and dislikes of, like I said, we're going to go over Far Cry 3 through 6. So, let's start with the, the third Far Cry. So, I think just in general, because I do have some thoughts just in general. Okay. You know, I think the games in general, I think, you know, Gameplay wise, I think it's fairly easy to master, right? I mean, it, it's not very difficult. Um, yeah. I think the most difficult thing that you have to figure out, I think, is one is climbing, and two is when you go to fall or jump off a cliff, not falling all the way down to the ground. Well, the one thing that they do, I believe, in I don't know if it was in three. But I think it was in, I know it was in four, five, and six. But the whole like parachute, not the parachute, um, the glide suit. 
Yes, like, like the, the wingsuit. The wingsuit. So, like, that does come into play, and, like, it is all about timing. Because if you don't get it at the right moment, you will be falling to the ground, and you don't have a choice at that point. Yeah. Um, or if, you you know, like, five had a lot of trees. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like four had a lot of trees as well. I would say so if all of them had a lot of trees in them, if, but yes. If you're in an area that has a lot of trees... It's going to be like a George of the Jungle moment where you're like, watch out for that tree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's like, here's a pro tip. Um, or dead. <laughs> fatality. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, you know, pro tip, uh, just if you're in an area that is literally filled with like bushes and trees and all kinds of like dangerous objects and stuff, probably not a good idea to be just doing walk that. around. Yes, yep. and or go in a vehicle, or you jump out of the vehicle and then do it, or something like. Just don't do it if you're falling off a cliff because I mean, it's if not you, wise. If you absolutely want to jump, go find a higher cliff. <laughs> yes, like go find a mountain and then jump off it. Yes, we're telling you to go jump off a cliff. Yes. yes. The other thing that I really liked in in a couple of the games, you were able actually able to switch the driving controls from you know using that the you know the right stick to drive. Oh, and then going from like that to like R two and changing it to your right trigger. Yeah, like R two or L two, which is kind of a normal, you know, driving mechanism. Yeah, Um, that I thought was really cool because you do have some, you know, old school gamers who are used to that like Halo style. Yeah, like the right analog and the left to like kind of moving around and you know. And then you have you know gamers like myself who I just want to hit the trigger and go. I don't want to have to like, oh, I got to, you know, use the right trigger to push in the up and right to turn right. And then if I go left, my car's driving into a house. Well, and the thing about that, too, because now I'm thinking about it is like that old school, like the right analog and the left analog, um, especially if like you're you're trying to like, say, shoot out your vehicle, which I know you can do. And I'm just, I'm pretty sure in all those games, like you can technically like shoot out the window and like, you know, fire real quick. Um, it's not wise to do that with the analog sticks because it's extremely like, you can't even shoot anything. It's really difficult. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to maneuver it as quickly as you could, if it was like the right or the, like, let's say if you're PlayStation, like myself and Matt, like, you know, R2 or L2, you know, hold it down or whatever, and like be able to shoot at the same time. Um, but I will say that a lot of these like games in general, I think the the concept of I know in three and four, like you know, when you're having like as I know we mentioned it in the last episode, but like having to hunt animals to upgrade all of your gear, and that's like the main source of like how you actually upgrade a lot of your stuff in the game. Yeah. Is actually kind of annoying because, you know, I know in five and six, yes, you can do hunting, you can fish, you can do all these sorts of things, but it wasn't the primary focus. The primary focus was if you got skill points, you know, you can get it by hunting or fishing, like doing certain challenges that you would do right. to get it. And, and it was based on you know more of a financial thing not really like yeah. i need to get you know five rhino pelts right to upgrade like this one to upgrade my bait and like why the heck would i want to upgrade that pouch and where do i find five rhinos to i mean begin with well no they find you <laughs> i mean realistically you know and now you know with the hunting like three obviously it wasn't as bad you know you didn't have as many pouches to upgrade 
or things to upgrade where you had to hunt. Four made it incredibly obscene because I think you had either eight or ten different pouches. Yeah. You had to upgrade, and each had four upgrades. Right, and so it would take a while to finally get to that last level because also you'd also have to explore the different regions because sometimes different animals may not be in those like right like the like the white Bengal tiger was up in the northern part that you couldn't unlock until you did everything in the southern part right and then on top of that what sucks is that you you know like you would do some stuff like let's say in the main area and then you have to go up north and then you wait <laughs> have to go back down again to go find the same animals that you just were at and you were yeah. like well what the heck so it's like you almost have to like pre-plan how many animals you need before you start going up to like certain areas beforehand, which is also very annoying in that. It, anyway. it was, it was quite a pain because, you know, you would get, you know, three pelts for this type of animal and then you would get them and then it would be, you know, get four pelts of a different animal. So now, you, now you have to go to a different part of the map to find that animal. And once you get those four, the next one is now you have to get five of a completely different animal. And now you have to go to a different part of them. <laughs> and it's like, but that's, that's, you have to do that 10 times. Well, and the worst part too, I'll mention this as real quick, is like, if you're, especially at the last upgrade, it's always usually the harder, like the hardest animals to either find or like kill. And that's where the fashionista mission comes because a lot of them, you actually couldn't upgrade that very last one until you started that mission because each of the outposts had a table and you had to go to the table to find where that animal was and it would be like you know a a white crocodile and you had to kill it with a bow and arrow right and and it really didn't it, it was also very hard because i know in the last episode we talked about a little bit about the bow and arrow like you, you it's all about timing and it's also about how it's all it's Timing and distance. And if you're close, I mean, that, of course, it's easier to shoot. But, like, if you're far away and timing comes into play, it's extremely hard to know if you're going to hit it or not. And so, yeah. especially when, a, like, a crocodile or, like, you know, is moving quickly, especially in water, you don't know where the heck it's going to go. I mean, I mean you're not going to see it. That's the problem. You know, but if, say, for example, an eagle was flying around, you know, you're not it, hitting that with an arrow. I mean, you can, but I mean, it's it's it takes skill. It definitely takes some time to master that. But you can kill it with a, a bow and arrow. I have done it. It's just it does take a little bit of practice and time to get it just right. To you know what kills market. them? What grenade launchers? You're uh, no. I mean, if you time it right, exactly. Yeah, it's all again. It's all about timing because if not, you're not going to hit it. Um. So I don't really have anything for three because I just recently started playing it. But I mean, three and four play the kind of the same way, you know. I mean, the one I would say the one overall aspect of even all the games, the beauty of Far Cry was it gives you the ability to have that open world concept to be able to go around and not have to worry about like the main story missions like you could go explore the areas you can go do side missions you can go do the challenges for you know hunting or whatever it may have been to upgrade certain you know equipment or whatever the case is but it gives you the freedom to not have to follow what the game is telling you to do yes eventually you'll have to play the the main missions and actually get through the story to progress and to be able to upgrade certain 
you know, abilities and certain things like that. But that's what I like about what most games are really doing nowadays are doing this open world concept because it gives the player the ability to do whatever they really want and not have to follow a set guideline of whatever it may be. And Far Cry does that really well, and it has for a long time. I'll go ahead, Matt, because I already can tell there's well, there's the one thing I mean. Uh... With with five, I liked because it actually, you know, showed you where the missions were, and then you know four and three, you know, initially it took me a while, and you know, sitting there playing, walking around the map, trying to find, you know, randomly coming up to, you know, fortresses or, you know, hey, there's a tower there, I'll go climb it. Um, it wasn't until I figured out, like, hey, the letters on this map actually, like are things that I have to go to <laughs> yep. because in four, you know, three and four, it's really, really super unclear. Like, what do I, where do I need to go? What do I need? Like, it doesn't tell me what I need to do or where to go. So that when you just said letters, it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like, like GTA a little bit. Like what, you know how, like on the maps it would show like the, the letter L or that's like exactly what it is. Yeah. It, it's exactly what it would be like. But at least in GTA, like you have a little mini map and it tells, you know, you can actually see where the letters are. Right. And you could pinpoint it and you can like, you know, choose where you need to go. But yeah. With, with four, and this is one of my, one of my dislikes for Far Cry especially you know with four there is so much grinding to do with all the question marks on the map all of the you know random you know masks that you have to either find or destroy all of the random you know boxes of things to find all the you know random missions and all the you know just the randomness of everything you look at the map and it's just i don't even think you can see the ground on the map because it's full of everything. I mean, but if you look at like, yes, and this is where you can say that five and six did a better job of like geographical, look, like the terrain on a map, because, you know, five and six, I mean, five was really realistic. I mean, you could literally see everything on the map and like all the, the landmarks and like where you need to go and like who you need to meet. And I know in six, they did a good job as well. They kind of like show you like, hey, this is where this is. And this is where, you know, some of the outposts are and like so on and so forth. So it, it gives you a better visual of, you know, where you need to go and how to get there. And I mean, they give you the, the pinpoint, you know, kind of like in that GTA setting where you, you click something on the map, boom. And it gives you like that automatic, like here's where you need to go. And here's like the, the line of like where you need to go. So I can agree that three and four didn't really do a good job of that because it's more, you're, you are kind of like on your own and it is kind of like, you just kind of need to figure it out as you go, which is not really the answer, which that's why I think from five and six, they did a really good job with. They did. Giving you, an you can actually see, you know, when you have a mission, even not looking at a map, if you're in a general vicinity where you can actually, see, it looks kind of like a, a, like American flag type icon. Yeah. If you're in a general vicinity of somebody that has a mission and you, you can actually see that in a, in, in a direction you could just head in that direction. Yeah, and it and it gives you that ability to to not always have to use the map and you can see like you know the distance between you and that particular spot that you're looking at which is nice because that's what I'm I'm going to kind of mention like Assassin's Creed because some of the newer Assassin's Creeds like they've done that where they like kind of give you like the kind of like the heading of like where you're going like if it's north south whatever but it kind of gives you that like okay in like 900 meters there's this mission that you're, you know, you're either trying to get to or 
there's like some kind of side mission off the side and you may not have noticed that and it just pops up and you're like, oh, okay, cool. I can go do that real quick on my way to go to this mission or whatever and not have to keep constantly like, oh, hold on. I got to pause and I got to look at the map. Okay, now I know where the heck I'm going, yeah. which is, it is annoying and it is kind of frustrating when if you're just learning the game and you're trying to understand what the hell the letters mean, you really don't have any idea where the hell you're going. Or no, and that was the thing. Like, I didn't know, you know, where I was going. And then I randomly saw an A and I was like, well, I guess I'll head there. I don't know what it, what it is. And that was when I met the character and he sent me on a mission. I was like, oh. And then I saw an S and I was like, oh, I'll head towards the S. And then as I kept doing them, I saw another A. And so it finally clicked that I was like, okay, now I got to go do these the letters that's where the missions are right but, and, it, and you're right and i wish like some games would like give you that right that opportunity to be like oh hey by the way these actually mean something instead of like a little tutorial like hey just so you know like these are missions yeah um far cry 4 this is like one of the most random things and i and i hated a, this is what i hated about it fishing because yeah there were certain things like you could get fish pelts which in the fashionista mission you actually needed um and i forget the name of the fish but it was a, one of the bigger ones um i, but, I can't remember off the top of my head but but you needed yeah. you needed this fish pelt and you needed to get it without throwing a grenade or some kind of a grenade launcher <laughs> right. without blowing it up basically but you don't have a fishing pole yeah i'm pretty sure you just have like a knife you have either your guns or I mean, you can't even knife because you're underwater. Well, you, so right, right. you either have to take a boat and sh literally follow this fish on the boat and then stop driving the boat and shoot the fish while it's swimming away. It, it was the most like awkward like fishing experience in a game. Well, yeah, and I mean, like in 5, you know, it at least allows you to, to actually fish. Like you could sit there and actually like pretend like you're actually fishing like if you were real like in real life i mean it would allow you to you yeah, know i mean you had the real back you and, had a pole and it would but it would give you the motions of like yes you're actually like throwing the actual pole and you're you know letting it go at a certain yeah. time so it's the same functions but yeah i can agree that when you're you're basically doing some like old school like layoff like okay guess what yeah. you're driving you're basically shooting it with your weapons that you have and there's no fishing pole there's no nothing and it's like and once you kill the fish you have to swim in the water to go get to it. To go get this fish, and the animation in three and four to get pelts took so long. Where right, and I think in five, it happened like kind of right away. Yeah, it was like pretty quick. I mean, in like five, I know with like fishing, it was like you, you it shows you the fish. You're like, oh, cool. That shows you what I thought was cool was the pounds, like how yeah. many pounds it yeah. was and whatnot. Um, but then like you know. The one thing about, I would say, five that it was nice is, like, when you get, like, the different animals, it actually, like, tells you exactly how much, you know, they cost and, like, how much you would get if you sold them and, and how many you had or whatever. So, yeah. you know, it allowed you to be able to, like, for example, like, like you and I, when we talked about the, the bison, you know, sitting there and blowing that up and we found out, like, we, we made a crap ton of money just from one animal, you know, and you did that, like, for two hours straight killing these bison over and over and over and over again. I mean, you're getting $10,000, $20,000, like, like it's nothing. You know, I kept doing that each time, and you're like, cool, great, now I have all this money, I can go do whatever. But in four and three, there is no such, I mean, there, I, I'm 
I'm pretty sure there's money, but not like it's not really worth a whole lot of anything. Not really. I mean, for you know, ammo. Yeah, and I mean, but, yeah, right. I mean, because that's like the necessity. I mean, because and buying, you know, it it's useful for buying like the weapons and and like, and like stuff. The med kits and you're right, yeah. the other stuff. But I mean, and no one like five and six. It was more like yes, you're upgrading your weapons, you're upgrading, you know, the or getting vehicles or getting, um, you know, different you know, attachment, like whatever it may be, like, you know, customization was more intuitive with five and six than it was in three and four, because right. it was just like a, you're going to get all these like animal pelts and you're going to get you're like, that's your main source of, I'm going to upgrade all my pouches that have more ammo or more bait or more whatever. Like it was just, you needed it because you needed to actually survive in this game is basically it was the whole point of it. It was like surviving the, the weather or surviving the, you know, the enemies or animals that would come after you. So like a rhino randomly showing up and running you down was, <laughs> you know, one of those, those problems. Thing, yeah. So let me talk, John, for a minute on the AI enemies in five. Okay. Because. I mean, these guys were sometimes stupid, but go on. They were pretty stupid, but I thought that they were quite excessive, especially like just trying to get around. Like, I, this game in particular, like, you know, in three, you know, occasionally, like, you would see them, like, blocking a road or, you know, walking down a road. And that was the same with four. Like, you would kind of see them. Well, the, and you really could say that about all of them because you could potentially see them. Five, like, though, was really, like, you couldn't even drive 100 feet before seeing maybe one truck. And then as soon as you saw one truck and they saw you. Right, I know like two or three would come after you. There were there was another truck, and then there'd be two guys walking behind them, and another guy walking down a trail. And it's like, as soon as you dispatch them, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna get back in my car. You drive another 150 feet, and then there's a truck driving the other way, and he sees you and stop. It's like, come on, guys. I mean, I mean, I I guess you could say in in six that it was kind of the same thing because. You know, I'm going to mention this because I'll mention this as a good moment or a funny moment is in six. The one thing that I thought was really cool was you actually can drive tanks in this game. And so Matt, in his brilliant idea was he's like, you know what, man, why don't you and I get into a tank? So he's driving. And I just said, you know what? If you're driving, I'm going to be on the machine gun mount. And what did I do? I just started killing everything. And he said, you better stop killing people. And I'm like, Nah, man, I want to see how well we can cause chaos. I mean, we were getting into some serious fights, and I mean, you would see, you know, enemies just coming and coming and coming and coming, and it was to the point where, at one point, Matt's like, all right, listen, <laughs> we need to get the hell out of here, and driving this thing is slow, and it, it is slow. It's not fast. It's not anything. I mean, if you wanted to get from one side of the map to the other, driving a tick was the wrong answer, because we tried that from, like, one spot to another, and I mean, it almost, I'm pretty sure it almost took us like an hour or two hours just to get to one side of the map on a take. And he was like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, you had the brilliant idea. I said, we could have drove in my, my, um, my doom buggy plane, you know, but he didn't want to do that because he felt the need to always jump out. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to land. He's like, no, you're not. You're going to blow us up. No, that thing's going to blow up. But, but no, I think, you know, the, the AI, you know, in five, especially on the roads were, very very excessive now when you're taking out outposts i found i you know i did find the you know doing outposts extremely easy well 
once you, I mean, it realistically is like once you took on an outpost and, you know, you did some of the radio towers nearby, um, it, I'm not saying there wasn't like as much. I think like when you explore a new area, yes, I agree that there was a lot of enemies. But once you actually took over that particular spot, the enemies started to kind of die down and kind of back off a little bit. It wasn't as excessive. Yes, were they still kind of roaming around a little bit in random areas? Absolutely. But I agree in the beginning when you're going to these particular areas, yeah, there's there's multiple, and it's like you said, like there's 100 feet. Yep, there's, there's like five of them hanging out, you know, doing whatever. And the worst part is, is like he said, it, it's, you know, oops, sorry. Um, you know, you get this like wave of enemies all of a sudden, if one person comes and finds you or whatever, yes, you're going to have like four or five and then multiple. And then if they all follow you, guess what? Their buddies are coming right behind them and they just keep forming this line. And it gets to a point where you're just like, listen, at that point, you might as well just get into a plane. And, and actually that was an issue in five, two. And then I remember was there were planes. Well, there were planes, but there was planes that were, they, if they started to hunt you, they were they were flying those planes and they were coming right after you, especially if you were on foot. And that's a pain because yeah. a lot of them were like dogfighting. And like if you were in a plane, I mean, it, it was cool that you could dogfight, you know, in the sky and be able to do that. But it is a pain because these guys were highly skilled in their planes, surprisingly enough. Oh, yeah, they were flying around all, all crazy like. You but, know, but like, you know, like I said in the other episode, you know, five is one of my favorites and and i you know as i guess you know with the religious theme of it you know i mean people when you didn't like the overall you know cult religion i mean theme of it but i i liked that theme like i i thought it was different you know six kind of went back to that like kind of dictator you know thing but yeah Five was really, really different in that, like, you know, this cult wasn't necessarily, you know, trying to take over a country. They weren't. It wasn't a dictator. I mean, um, the the problem with with Five, I'm not, I, it really wasn't, I mean, to me, it was no problem. But when you look at the overall concept of, you know, the religious cult being radicals, I mean, that's really what they were. They were radicals of, you know, what they were doing. And they were trying to establish their own form of, uh, I don't want to say government, but like their own style of like beliefs and, you know, the way they handled things. I mean, granted, they were, yeah, I mean, in some ways, I mean, they were like, they could be categorized as a terrorist group because they were becoming a threat to. I mean, for those of you that finished the game, obviously. <laughs> yes, but that's what I'm saying is like, you know, it became. Yeah you know, more of, like, their own... It almost, like, turned into a gang. Like, and like that's kind of, like, what it felt like. But, like, you know, when we talk about... Now I'm thinking about, like, the bosses of, like, Five. I mean, you know, honestly, the easiest one was John. I mean, yes, he was kind of a... He was kind of a... I'll say it, he's a douche. But, you know, you look at, you know, Jacob. Jacob was, like, the militant, you know, kind of... He was definitely hard to like go against and do all that. But like, you know, he was, he was strict. Like he was like, you know, that, that like military, like kind of figure and whatnot. But Matt and I agree, especially in our last episode, the most weirdest of them all is hope. And because of that whole LSD trippy kind of vibe and you walk in and all of a sudden she's like, Hey, 
wow, it's like this this beautiful world's around me and like, you know, you know, getting shot by the bliss bullets that just randomly come after you and it becomes more of a an illusion, this hallucination. And really that's yeah. what it is. And it actually is more of a pain in the butt to, you know, go against her and, and you know, try to defeat her and do all this. I mean, it, of course, you can, it's not as bad as once you get the, the patterns and the rhythm of what she does. But, um, you know, the game itself, which I liked was, you know, this was definitely the first time where it, it allowed you to not only go after just one, it allowed you to go after, you know, all four of them. But not have to do it in, like I said in the previous episode, but like in any particular order, you know, which was nice. And it, it allowed you to kind of, you know, explore the world for what it was. And, you know, a lot of it was, a lot of it, as as you probably know, if you've ever been to Montana, a lot of it's, um, you know, mountainous and a lot of, you know, forest and a lot of different, um, you know, aspects of it. I mean, it really did a good job on you know, showing what the likeness of Montana was in some degree. Um, and I think the religious, you know, aspect was, it was a lot different than, you know, most probably games in general, because I don't think a lot of games would ever probably go that particular route. But I think they did a good job on how they really wanted to stand apart, yeah. you know, from all the other games itself as a whole. You know, and, I mean, there were themes within the game that I think were kind of weird. You know, they it got it got kind of silly. I mean, you know, and yeah. having to you know go get that lady's monster truck. You, you <laughs> yeah, know, I mean, like, yeah, I mean that it, is a little weird. There were things like the testy festy. Oh, the, oh <laughs> God, that was that was a bad mission. I'm not. We're not going to explain that one. But that no, is a no. We're not going to explain it. But <laughs> you know, there are things within the game, and you're like. How is getting some lady's monster truck or the testy festy, whatever that is, no. having to do with like a cult and religion? It doesn't. Not really. No. I mean, they're, no. they're side quests in the game, but it's mainly, you know, for that particular character. I mean, I would say in, in five, the side quests were definitely more, um, I would say more involved. Like they actually, like they actually had a gut, nice little like storyline to whatever, which ones you were playing. And, and some of it, like, you know, getting, like, a fishing pole. Like, that was a side quest, but it, it actually allowed you to get, you know, again, fish. And, you you know, you had to basically meet up with this woman, and I think she had to, I don't know, I can't remember the exact. I think you had to, like, go over to some dude's place and then, like, grab the fishing pole and then say, oh, here's my fishing pole. You can have it. You know, and then you would do, like, a couple other ones that you'd help her out again, but then she'd help you get to those, you know, higher level, you know, fishing rods. And you would, again, be able to catch different, um, you know, styles of fish or whatever that you needed for, you know, that particular area with that certain bait that you would also get as well. And so it, you know, it, it did kind of like make it different in that aspect because, you know, three and four. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you have side quests, you have all these different things, but it didn't really, it really, it was just kind of like, okay, you do them great, but the, it doesn't really correlate to how you were playing the game or how, what like was it really helpful yeah overall? i mean i mean four had that whole shangri-la you know aspect of it where you would and i don't know if like the you know the character actually getting getting high triggered going to shangri-la yeah or yeah. if you know you just kind of went there but in a few times in the game you kind of go to this 
otherworldly place. It, like mystical place, yeah. And it's kind of filled with these like demon demon type figures. And I think you get kind of like this special blade or something. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. Um initially like you just kind of have to run away from them, but you do get kind of this special blade where you can kind of kill them, you know, stealthily, but yeah, it, I, it it does get kind of I mean that one does get kind of weird too because there are two characters in that in that game in 4 that their whole primary drive is to get high and when you go talk to them, they get you high and like the sky turns into you know, it's like multicolors. Yeah, and it like it makes like it you're weird. running around and just it's just weird things are happening and yeah and i mean kind of like we mentioned before about like five and and also like six you know the one of the cool features was the the companions right so being able to like you know having you know your like animal companions because there was a i think it was a was it a panther in the fifth one or not a panther it was um it was a leopard i think i, I can't remember exactly it was like the the I want to say it, may, it might have been a panther, and you would have had you know Boomer as just like a you know a farm dog, and then you had um, was it oh cheeseburger? He was the bear. He was the big old bear that you could play. But dude, man, like like some of these other, I think those were the only th- three. I don't know if there was a fourth one off the top of my head. I don't. Yeah, I mean they capitalized that more in in six. In six, yeah, where they did the amigos, which were. You know, obviously more helpful depending on which one you picked. And um, I mean, because there was no really, I don't think there was any human companions because I think it was just more. No, because the amigos, you know, some you know helped with exploration, some helped finding stuff, others helped like security wise, others helped with combat. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and I know we mentioned this last episode, but. Till this day, probably the weirdest companion, in my opinion, is honestly the rooster. And I will say it again. Cheat your own. Like, you play the sixth one, you'll understand. You know, we mentioned it a little bit in, you know, the last episode. But, like, the fact that you're f- you're wanting to get a rooster as a companion. Now, mind you, there's, there's one special thing about Cheat Your Own that I did find interesting. It was the razor-sharp, you know, metal talons at the the end of his feet that would now mind you when you look at him in the game and you see him attack people it's vicious like it's not he kills people i mean legit like it's bad like yeah, it's he, not he kills people i mean yeah. yeah i i like i'm not gonna lie you don't want to screw with him because no like when you see like graphics and stuff like no that's not that is not a rooster i want to be you know messing around with but um you know with with the companions you know, it yeah. was a it was a nice concept, and I think it really does. I mean, moving forward, whatever the next game they they come out with, you know, I really hope that they bring them like bring those kinds of things back because it doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't, especially because if if certain parts of the game might help you, like you said, explore or you know there might be things where you know it might help you kill enemies faster, you know, or whatever it may be, um, you know, it just it helps you know, overall with the gameplay, because even if you're not with, you know, for example, because the one thing we're going to mention now I'm thinking about it is co- like co-op. Oh, we'll, right? we'll get there. I just have one more thing for a six and then we'll, we'll talk about the, the co-op. Okay. 
Um, the one thing I did like about six, which you don't find in a lot of the other ones, probably because they just didn't have them, or maybe I didn't play them when they did. Um, okay, was a lot of the DLC content, and you know, in six, you know, you you do get to you know meet Machete or Danny Trejo. Um, you do get to do a Rambo mission. Um. I actually did play the Stranger Things mission, um, but there's, you know, there's all kinds of different, like, cool features with the DLC, plus they, you know, had all of the, you know, the three packs from, you know, Voss, Pagan Min, and... um, Joseph Seed, yeah. Joseph Seed, where it kind of explored their individual you know kind of dream worlds i guess i mean and that's i feel like that it kind of helped you want to play some of the older games because that kind of i mean it was like a nice little like they were side, weird oh my well, well i mean the probably the weirdest one we played well we haven't played I, the, well, we didn't play no one. but the the first the other two like Voss was probably one of the weirdest ones that i can remember pagan was it was you know it was okay Higgins was okay, but Voss was weird. Like his Voss was, is yes, that one was was completely weird. It was yes. it, because like again, when we mentioned that he's a psychotic serial killer, like yeah, insane. Like it, it's that. But bad. What's good about you know those three and and like I said, we haven't played that last one, but what's good about them is they kind of give you more of that inside look at kind of who they are, right? Which is weird. When you think about it, because they're the villains. Right. And, and I mean, it kind of makes them almost the main character, not the antagonist. Right. Which is... Well, it was a, it was part of the thing where it it doesn't explore that in the, the other games that you play, because you're only focusing them on as the villain. Um, but... But they become instantly more interesting yeah, I mean, as a character than, you know, I mean, in what, two, you're playing as a mercenary. Like, you don't really have a name until you get to three, and then four, yeah. or five, and six, you kind of have a name. I mean, five, you don't really have a name other no, than deputy. Deputy, right. It's just a deputy. But, like, Danny... <laughs> so, well, the funny thing is about this, what six is, like, when you're playing as Danny Rojas, I mean, the name itself can either go male or female. It really doesn't, like, necessarily have a gender... It's a gender-neutral name, and so... It really works both ways, but it allows you to kind of pick that that male female character, just like in five. Um, but anyways, just like you know, what we're gonna talk about now is is co op. Co op. So what we love about it is the the ability to do it. What we hate about it is one certain aspect is with the co op. Yes, John and I or anybody, you know, you're playing a game. Hey, John, come in. I'll invite you. John comes into my game. We play for two hours straight. We do seven missions. We do some side quests. Hey, man, I got to go to bed, dude. Like, right. we, we sh- you know, I save my game. He saves his game. We turn off our systems. We go to bed. And then let's say we play again a couple days later. We play a couple days later. I'm exactly where I was because he joined my game. John, where are you? So here's the best part. Ready? So let's say I say, you know what? Why don't you join my game, right? So he joins my game this time. Funny fact, it doesn't matter what you did just did in his game because it only helps him. So wherever I was just at is where I'm at. So now everything we just did, the seven missions, 
Now we get to redo that whole thing on my game. And so that's part of the reason why co-op in a lot of games, there's only very few games that I've actually played that actually were able to sync at the same time, which one of them was Wildlands. Well, and the funny thing is, like, I've I've played a lot of co-op games. You know, Borderlands is one. Yeah. That saves. Wildlands was another. Uh, you know, Ghost Recon, both of those. Yeah, well, yeah, Wild Wildlands um, and uh, Breakpoint. Yeah. Breakpoint saves, but every single Far Cry that has had that co-op does not. If you if and this is you know just expert tip here. If you're playing co-op with a friend online, play a few missions, stop, save your game, jump into the other person's game, do those missions. Because if you play and you know some gamers will play six hours, eight hours, ten hours in one session, right? And you you know basically complete half of the game with your friend. Now you get to redo the whole thing all now over again. Now you're going to have to do the whole thing over on his game, even though yours saved, and you're kind of like, ha sucker. Well, the, the you're one... You're on your own now. Well, I mean, like, for example, I did that with Six a little bit because I was already ahead at the time when he was playing it, so I already had an understanding, so it didn't really matter for me as much. But, like, if you're both playing at the same time, it really sucks because, like... You know, when you're playing the game and you're like, ah, crap, I already played this. And you're like, well, I don't know anything about what just happened. I'm like, well, let me tell you, I know all the tricks now. It kind of helps a little bit. But the main point of this is that Ubisoft, if you're listening, or maybe maybe one day you will, um, work on your co-op, man. Because holy crap. Yeah. It we is, want both sides of the game to save. Like, why can't you, like, if you can do it with Ghost Recon, why can't you do it with freaking Far Cry? Because, I mean, God Dang it, like, there's no reason, there's no excuses. Yeah, yeah. If you can do it with one game, there's no freaking reason so, why you can't. It's just really awful, because we would get to that point where, you know, maybe we played for a couple hours, and, like, we're not thinking about it, so we're like, bro, I'm just done. And we just, like, you know, we save and we sign off, and then as soon as we sign off, we're like, <laughs> dang it, dang it. <laughs> dang it, we got to do that all over again. And, and then, it, like, the next time we jump on, we're like, you know what we're doing, right? Yep, you're jumping on mine now. Oh boy! Yeah, and I and it like I just did this. I was like, "Yep," but we get to do it all over again. And so that's why sometimes it's better if, let's say, for example, like you and your buddy, like you only get a chance to play it like a couple times here and there. You know, it's better if, like, let's say you do one time with them, and then you know, let's say you do it on yours, right? Okay, that's great. But like, you know, your buddy has to remember he's gonna have to do the same thing unless he wants to catch up you know, in that regard. Yeah. So it's, it's all about timing. It's all about that piece. Um, you know, with, you know, like we've mentioned before with, you know, five and six, I mean, personally, five and six are definitely, in my opinion, definitely better adaptations of these games um, as, as the series, you know, continues. And, you know, they've really improved a lot on, you know, the mechanics of the game, the the graphics, you know, what you can do, the customization. I mean, six goes into, like we've talked about in the last episode, like Supremo weapons and being able to, like, get these, like, ultimate weapons that really help your character, like, do an extreme amount of damage in, like, so many aspects of, you know, mentioning, like, the hacksaw, you know, the rocket launchers, the um, the flamethrower, like, there's there's so many different weapons in this game that you wouldn't have get in like five or 
in any of the previous games, and it, it really right. does change your style of gameplay because there have been times where I remember like we both get the same weapon. And we're like, yeah, you want to go, bro? Huh? And you know, and we kept going, and we're like, all right, fine. And so we'd switch off, and like you know, he'd shoot me with a hacksaw, I'd shoot him with a flamethrower. We'd switch off. We'd go back to like a rocket launcher, and we'd do other things, and you know, and it, and it makes it kind of fun and you know stupid at the same time. But you know, it's interesting where you know Far Cry has a great you know they do great stories, they do great you know gameplay and mechanics and whatnot i mean it's realistic i mean as realistic as it can be i mean it's not going to go like hey guys let's do virtual reality i mean if they ever did virtual reality i, I don't know i mean that might be a, another ball game on that one it might be interesting but i mean there are i mean some of the games did have elements of you know sci-fi and and science fiction but you know does it get silly does it get weird you know yes it does are they perfect games? No, they're not perfect. Um, you know, certainly there is, you know, story issues, I would say, that could be raised. But I think as a whole, you know, the Far Cry series has gotten better over the, you know, the, the course of the six games. And it's worth playing. Um, you know, whether you start with three or you start with four, it really doesn't matter where you start. I mean, you can start with six and play five and play four and play three. It really doesn't matter, but the game is worth playing. Yeah, I mean, when Matt and I talk about, like, different video game series and stuff like that, so, like, when we talked about, like, Destroy All Humans, you know, even this and, like, future ones, I mean, we're not just telling you things that, you know, we, we're just, like, again, we're selling you or we're, you know, making you believe that this game is, like, the best game ever. You know, we play games all the time. You know, there's different games that he plays that I definitely have not played or care to play. And just there's games that I, he, he admits as well. Like, he doesn't probably want to play some of the games that I play. You know, so we have different play styles. But, you know, when we have games that we can play together and we have done, you know, together and played it together. You know, we, we try to give you guys a a great overview, like, of what we think is great, what is not great, whatever. But we're not just telling you, like, play the game just because we're telling you to. It's because we're saying, hey, no. This is a great series of games. These are things that if you want to, you know, go in and, you know, do some numbless, you know, time wasting or whatever, you can, you know, do that. Or if you want to play a good, like, kind of like story missions and, you know, different side quests or different, you know, you know, hell, you want to go fishing one day? Oh, I got you, bro. Let's go fishing. You want to go hunting? Go for it. You know, hey. There's there's so many different things in these games that you, you can do that, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, like, let's say, for example, if you're a Call of Duty player. What are you doing? You're shooting people. That's it. There's no, that's, that's the whole point of the game. Like, there's no reason behind it. You're just going in, you're killing people. Okay. Like, granted, in this game, you're doing the same kind of thing, but you, there's more to just the game than just shooting people. You know, there's more, you know, side quests. There's more like different challenges. I mean, there was a, in, in five, there was like a, it was like an evil Knievel, you know, racing challenge. And you'd have like different, um, vehicles you have to use and, and so forth and you know it, it's it's different it's unique you know and it, and it kind of gives you some other kind of like gameplay you know to be able to play it and whatnot but it doesn't define the game as a whole because as a whole like matt was saying you know far cry is one of those games that you dive in you, you can get hooked on it i mean even in the first you know few minutes of playing the game i mean depending on which one you play i mean when matt and i played the you know five oh my god like the first five minutes i'm like what the heck is going on? And you don't even know. And then you finally get in and then it's like, you get into it. 
and it's not just like you sit there and wait. Like the story gets real progressive real quick, you yeah. know, and same with six. So if anything, you know, if you have a newer you know console, play play five, play six. You know, if you can find a way to get three or four, you know, play those two. I mean, hell, if you want to play the very first Far Cry or anything like that, go for it. I mean, I don't even know if they still have it on the like I mean, PlayStation. If you're, on, if, if you're on PlayStation, I mean, they probably are on, the, you know, if you have a PlayStation Plus, depending on your PlayStation Plus membership, right. you know, you might have, I have, I think, the one right below premium. Right, I think, well, it, I thought you had the, like, the, the top tier one. Like the like the absolute like, I used to, but I oh, I went dropped. down to that middle one. Okay, yeah, I mean I know like again if you're Xbox and of course the Xbox Pass or Game Pass, you know you can go on there too, and I guarantee I wouldn't guarantee it, but I mean you can always see if. But they with had the plus it. membership, I know three, four, and five are in the the PlayStation Plus. Right, I just don't know. You know, if you have the classics library, you might and be two able might to. be in there. I don't know. But that's kind of pushing it. You can but. always go to GameStop or something and and buy them probably for like three ninety nine or something if if you can find them. I'm sure you can find them. But anyways, so I think that pretty much concludes everything for our Far Cry episodes. Yeah, I mean, you know, overall, you know, we love giving you guys content. We love giving, uh, you know, our general feed or really, I guess, our own opinions, possible debates, depending on, you know what episode we're doing but um yeah i think for the most part you know we just you know we love what we're doing and we just want you guys to know that actually now i'm thinking about it, a little fun fact matt and i found out recently not only do we have people from ireland and south korea we now just got a new country that is now listening to us is india so um maybe it's pagan men who knows um, it, uh, I don't, I mean, no, I mean, that if it's based in Nepal, then that's a whole nother region. But anyways, anyway. and I, you guys, you know, we want you to know that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. We just hope that, you know, what we're doing actually is enjoyable. And we want you guys to like, listen, and of course, share, you know, our, you know, social media or, you know, even just like Spotify links, whatever, you know, or other major platforms that we've been using, right? And like, just like in the last episode, you know, we want to make sure that you understand that, you know, we have a link tree. We ha- we should have it on Facebook. Again, we should, well, potentially we're going to make sure that it's on Instagram here shortly, but. It's on both. Is it on both? Okay, yep. well then there you go. He he just confirmed it. So either way, go on there, you know, give us a, give us a shout out, give us a like, you know, also keep in mind that we do have a website, you know, so if you do want to ever go on there, kind of see who we are. You know, we have like geeky shorts that we're, you know, here and there we're working on a little bit here and there. But as always, stay geeky. geeky.